at every conference I go to, I try and go along to something that I have no idea about. I think that's really good for us as humans, you know, to expand our horizons in that way. Welcome to Design Life, a show about design and side projects for motivated creatives. My name's Charlie. And my name's Femke. And welcome to today's episode where we're going to talk about conferences. As you've probably heard in some recent episodes, Charlie and I have both visited conferences recently. I spoke at one a couple of weeks ago, and I feel like we regularly go to conferences, like maybe more than the average person. Yeah, I think I've been to almost too many conferences this year. Yeah, I've been at a lot. Someone asked me yesterday how many times I've spoken at an event this year. Wow. And I actually couldn't count because I think it's more than I thought. That's pretty cool. Anyway, we want to talk about that today. Specifically, we actually got a tweet about this topic, which I'll read out. And this tweet comes from Anirudh. And he asked, how about doing a episode on conferences, which one to choose, how to make the most of it, etc. So this is a great topic for right now, because I feel like conferences are both on our minds because we've recently been to one. You did a video about Epicurrents recently. So I feel like this is great timing. Yeah, sounds good. And I think it I don't know, conferences is something that I think is quite necessary to your career, but then also they can be expensive. There's so many of them, you don't know what to invest in. So I think that we'll have some good, good things to share in this episode. Should we do a catch up first? Catch up time. Yes. I feel like it's been a while since we did. Well, I guess we did the episode where it was a, the whole thing was a catch up in person. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, what have you been up to, Fem? I have been really busy at work, actually. I just tweeted about this. No, did I? I think I put it in our Slack community, actually, <laughs> where I was, I'm just feeling a bit overwhelmed at work. Um, I'm going on another research trip to Mexico in a couple of weeks. And before I can go, I have to finish three projects. And also we are hosting a design meetup at work in December. So I have to try and organize that as well before I go. And there was some other things too that now I can't remember. But anyway, I just have a lot of things going on right now in a very short time frame. So I'm a little like, Ugh, when am I going to do it? And of course, like people are filling up my calendar with meetings. So like yesterday, I think I only had maybe two hours at my desk. So like not really enough time to get any work done. So I don't know. I'm trying to figure out how I'm actually going to get this stuff done. I think I might start just asking people like how urgent is this meeting can it wait until two weeks from now or like blocking in my calendar like this is work time please don't schedule over here because I really need to figure out how to find that like solid focus time to actually work on my projects yeah I think blocking out your calendar is a great idea that's what quite a few people at ConvertKit do I'll like be going to book a meeting with them and see a big chunk where they've booked and says like no meeting time so yeah, then you can't really schedule in the calendar. Or if you really need to book at that time, you have to reach out and ask them first. Yeah, that's that's kind of nice. Sounds like it, it'd be good for you. Yeah, so that's where I am. Just trying to make sure that I'm ready and prepared to go on my trip in a couple of weeks. And yeah, also just trying to catch up with friends as well. And trying to schedule some exciting things to do over winter because it gets dark and it gets cold and so I'm trying to like schedule some fun things to look forward to like some of my friends and I are going to go to the ballet in December which will be really fun and then like some gigs and concerts in January so yeah just trying to make sure that I have things to look forward to over the winter months because otherwise I can get pretty uh yeah meh 
Yeah, the that seasonal affective disorder. Yeah. Real hits. Yeah. I'm already looking forward to escaping the London winter for a New Zealand summer, even if it is only going to be for like a month, month and a bit. Oh, that's better than nothing. That's like half of winter that you're missing out on. Yep, pretty much. Uh, I'll be in New Zealand for about a month and then also in America for a little over a week. So <laughs> in California. So yeah, that'll be good. Yeah. In other news, I have... I'm heading away tomorrow, actually. I'm traveling around Europe for like two weeks, going to France and Germany and Austria. I think that's all the places. But yeah, planned this trip with a workmate of mine. Um, She's over for a conference at the moment and has never been to Europe before. So the conference is done now. It was over the weekend. And now we're hopping on a train to Paris today, actually. (laughs) And yeah, heading off on this trip. It's going to be so much fun. Um, I'm really excited to explore Europe with someone who is really excited about it. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. It's going to be it's going to be super cool. But like you, that means that I've been cramming in a whole lot of work before the trip. Like this week, I'm taking three days vacation. And then next week, I'm also taking three days vacation. So we're going to be working in Munich on Monday and Tuesday. Okay. And in that day, those two days next week, I basically have to get all of our Cyber Monday promotion stuff started and finished (laughs) in order to get that done in time. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I'm anticipating a very busy two days of work next week as well. You know that thing when you go on vacation, but you cram your whole week's worth of work into the days before you go on vacation? Oh, story of my life. Yeah. What are you most looking forward to on your trip? Is there something like super exciting that you're doing? We're renting a car. So that that'd be pretty fun to be able to like go off the beaten path a little bit because when I travel in Europe, I'm really only going to cities. So that'll be cool. And we're going to see some castles and stuff. So yeah, that's going to be fun. So magical. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Well, should we get into today's topic? Enough about castles Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what the people signed up for. Yes. Okay. So talking about conferences, I guess, where should we start? I mean, I feel like you and I have both been to our fair share of conferences. Is there anyone in particular that specifically stood out to you somehow that you thought this is the most amazing conference and you would totally recommend to anyone to go? I would say that Craft and Commerce, the conference that we put on at ConvertKit this year, was my favorite like proper conference that I've ever been to. And I know I'm really biased in saying that, but I think it's because I had a hand in the organizing or like, you know, was able to pitch in and share my ideas. And basically we just put together the conference that all of us want every other conference to be like, yeah, good long lunch breaks and really good short speakers for the keynotes and then longer for the workshops. We were really selective with obviously who we chose to speak and making sure we had this range of content to cover a lot of different needs at the event. It was, yeah, it was just really well run. The parties were super fun as well. Like I got a a lot of value out of attending that conference and I wasn't even going to that many of the talks and things because I was there like helping out, you know, and I was speaking at it too. But that that for sure has been, been a favorite for me that I think more people should go to. Adobe Max was pretty fun though also for a huge conference. Yeah, it looked massive. Like more of a convention or? Yeah, like how many people did they say was there? Like I want to say about 20,000 people were at that conference. Oh my God. Throwing a good conference for that many people is very challenging. Like I've been to big conferences like that before and 
They're never in my top five of favorite conferences. Yeah, like I think, and maybe we should touch on this uh, after we say the favorites part, but I think that it depends on what you want to get out of a conference, really. Because if you want like deep personal connections, then Adobe Max is not the type of conference that you go to, you know? That's when you go to something smaller, like the Craft and Commerce that was about ooh, three to 400 people at that one. And yeah, we, we tried to foster conversation and things throughout or something like Epic Currents, which is what you mentioned. I just did a video about, which is kind of, they call it an unconference really, because there isn't speakers and keynotes as such. It's more like discussion leaders. So that is all about the conversation and the connection. So that has been my favorite event that I've invested in for sure is Epicurrence to go back to answering that question because of the, yeah, the conversation and the, the, like the relationships that I made there. Yeah. What about you? I think for me, my favorite conference was XOXO that I went to earlier this year. Yeah. That one did seem amazing. It was amazing. And I mean, I'm usually more of a fan of smaller conferences, but now that I think back to it, it wasn't small at all. I don't remember maybe it was like two and a half thousand people or something because it takes across kind of the whole city right like yeah and there's like like things happening around the city so it's it's pretty large but what I liked about it is that it kind of felt more like a festival than a conference and there was so many like it was such a variety of different topics and speakers and things to do and they really like I feel a lot of the conferences I've gone to in the past focus a lot on the speakers and, and the, the content provided in there. And don't get me wrong, that's obviously a very important part of throwing a good conference. But what I liked about XOXO is that they went beyond just the speakers. They really thought about the whole experience. So everything from like, you know, what do you do between the breaks? Let's put activities on and like encourage you to get to meet other people or let's throw like an activity day before the conference where you can go and do a fun activity of something that you're interested in. Or like, I don't know, there was also a caravan where you could record a podcast with anybody. Like you could just sign up with a friend and get on the schedule. So it was super cool that there were things like that thought about around the conference, like things to do that kind of encourage people to come together, which I really liked that about it. And strangely enough, this wasn't what I would call a design conference. I don't know what that says about the type of conferences I like, but I think what I enjoyed about this was that it talked about things that I didn't know about. So it kind of challenged my thinking. Like, I feel like I go to a lot of design conferences these days and I'm kind of like, okay, like I've heard this before somewhere or like, okay, I know what a design system is. Yep. Super interesting that you applied it this way. Yeah. I could probably take away something from that. But at XOXO, like everything was new to me and I was challenged like from every talk. So I liked that part about it, that it was leaders in the industry that really had something interesting and a unique perspective to share. I love that. At every conference I go to, I always try and choose one session. Like if it is a thing where you have to choose, you know, a track or whatever, I try and go along to something that I have no idea about. So for example, at Adobe Max, I went along to a thing about designing voice assistant and like how you go about doing that. I'm like, that's not something I'm probably going to have to do anytime soon. It's not part of my job, it, you know, not super relevant to me, but I think it's good to go along and expand your mind. So it's really cool. that XOXO for you was a whole conference full of that. I think that's really good for us as humans, you know, to expand our horizons in that way. 
Yeah, it, it was really good. I'm wondering also from you, because you've been to a couple of epicurrences now, right? Which, as you mentioned, is kind of like an unconference. Well, I've only been to one that I feel was really a proper epicurrence event, like an unconference. I went to Winter Work Week earlier this year and I spoke at it and I gave a workshop. So it was it was like more of a proper conference. There was keynote talks and there was workshops during the day and things like that. So yeah, just the one where it was activities during the day and then discussions and conversations around the fire at night. How do you compare that to a traditional conference? Because I feel like I'm kind of, I've been going to a lot of conferences over the last couple of years and now I'm seeing more and more of these kind of unconference, I don't want to say the word retreat, but that kind of style. It did feel like a retreat. I think that is a good word to use. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I've been seeing more of those coming up and I'm feeling like, oh, those look really interesting, but I I just don't know much about them. From your experience, would you recommend something like that? And at what stage, like in your career, do you recommend something like that? I think that for unconferences or retreats, masterminds, that sort of, you know, that sort of thing where you're not going along and there's a presented schedule and you're just going to sit there and learn. These sorts of events require you to participate a lot. Like you have to go along and be willing to add to the conversation and you have to be willing to sit there and get really introspective and hear what the people are saying, apply it to yourself and like really think about yourself and your own situation. And, you know, if you're dealing with the same sorts of things or like be aware that that's something you could deal with in the future, I think it requires more effort from you as the attendee than going along to a regular conference does where essentially you just sit there and the information is presented to you, right? Normally there's a tight schedule, you know where to be and when. It's hard to answer the when is it good for you because I know that when I was early in my career, I wasn't thinking about the sort of things that we talked about at Epicurrence. I know it would have been really good for me to have done so, but I just wasn't in the headspace where that was a thing I was going to do, you know? So it's been really useful for me at this stage in my career because I'm like ready for it. So if you are super passionate and like super ready to be open and vulnerable early on in your career, then why not go along to one of these things? I think that you could get a ton of value out of it. I remember meeting someone at the first epicurrence I went to, even though I said it wasn't really like a proper one because it was talks, but there was still fireside stuff in the evening. But I met an 18 year old there who was freelance videographering. (laughs) (laughs) Videoing? You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He was a freelance videographer. That's a better way to say that. And it was fascinating hearing his story, how he was like, you know, still in high school and freelancing. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Yeah, um, super like inspiring dude. And obviously, I mean, that was just not me at 18. I wasn't thinking about that sort of thing at all. <laughs> but different people are ready for different things at different times, I think. So, but I, I think it's good for you to push yourself out of your comfort zone. Like we just talked about with, you know, XOXO being all things that you don't know about. Epicurrence is pushing yourself out of your comfort zone in a different way, I think, in that, yeah, you're going to get deep with people and, and have real conversations about tough stuff. And you're going to be camping all together. You know, uh, it's quite a different experience for a conference. Yeah. Oh, it sounds really fun. And what I like about it, and I assume this also like happened for you, is that you get to form deep connections with people. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's often my goal at conferences is to, you know, network, quote unquote, but more than just that, to to actually 
form deep relationships with people. And that can be really hard to do at a traditional conference when you have 10 minute breaks and, you know, everyone's talking and it's loud and then you get called into the next thing and you never see them again. So I can imagine that at something like this, where you really get to spend more deep and quality time with other people, that you probably walk away with some pretty lasting relationships. For sure. And it's funny you say that, like going along to meet people, make those connections. Do you feel like that's always been your goal with conferences? Because I don't feel like it's always been my goal with conferences. No, it is now, but it definitely wasn't originally. I, I was definitely used to be more more pulled in by the talks and wanting to learn from the speakers and things like that. I don't know if like since becoming a speaker maybe that's influenced why my goal at conferences has changed but I just find that it's super interesting to meet the people going there and hopefully you know make a new friend or find someone that has a similar interest to you or something cool like that. I don't know if it's becoming a speaker that's done that for me but maybe more so getting to a point in my career where I feel like I know what I'm doing finally. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Confidence. You know over the past few years I've finally yeah finally reached that level And so I don't go along, like, obviously, I do feel like I'm always going to learn something at every conference, even if I have to take a few leaps myself to make that happen. But I go along less for learning process and like learning how to do something. And more now, yeah, making connections with people and just learning from how others work. I think it's just really interesting to see how others work. Whereas earlier on in my career, I really wanted very specific, like, here's instructions on how to do this sort of talks, which is yeah very different to what I want now. So how then do you choose which conference to go to? This is uh, directly asked by Anna Rude. I feel like we should address this. I see this all the time of where people are like, there are so many conferences, like which one to go to? Do you have any advice for that? Because I feel like in the past, I've kind of either gone to conferences that my friends are going to or gone to conferences that are small and intimate, thinking like that that's where I'm more likely to, you know, make these connections with people. But I don't know, I I rarely go to a conference twice now that I think about it. So I guess I'm always looking for something new. I don't know. I know that some people like to go to the same conference over and over, like they find a really good one. But I'm often jumping between conferences, which I don't know if that's a good strategy or not. How do you choose which conference to go to? This is a good question. I think it's really important because conferences can be really expensive, right? And so we want to make sure that the events we're attending are going to be worth our money, especially if we're paying for it ourselves. It was only in the past few years that I've had work pay for conferences for me, really. And even then, I've still gone to several that I've paid for myself. Um, so yeah, you, you want to make sure it's worth your money. My strategy for, first of all, finding conferences to go to is just to Google it. I did this last year, was the first time I really did this, because I discovered that at ConvertKit, we are allowed to go to one conference a year that's like fully paid for by the company. So I was like, cool, let's find an awesome design conference to go to. Which one am I going to choose? And I actually found it really difficult to find a design-specific one that I wanted to choose. So yeah, I googled it, found a bunch of conference roundup lists, and basically just did my research on them. Saw who was hosting it, what speakers they had in the past. If the speakers aren't announced for this year yet, you can kind of get an idea of the quality and like if they were the type of conference that only hires some white dudes to speak. You know, it'll be very apparent in their past year's event. And also, I search on Twitter and see 
like search for the conference name and see what people are saying about it, if anything. And if people aren't saying anything, then that's telling as well for me, is that like really nobody went along and thought that talk was interesting and decided to tweet a picture, you know? Yeah, that, that's how I kind of do my research. But I think word of mouth is the most powerful thing when it comes to conferences. That's really why I went to Epicurrence. It was, I think I first heard about it from uh, our friend Juan. Um, he had been been to one and like he's been going for a few years. And that's when I first was like, oh, what's this Epicurrence thing? You're going rock climbing on a conference? <laughs> that's weird. I think word of mouth is, is super powerful. And that's why if I go to a good conference, I really do want to talk about it. Because I know that people really want to know where to invest their money, you know. And so if I've had a good time, I want to tell people about it. And likewise, if I haven't had a good time, then maybe I'll talk about that as well. Yeah, I think that's the thing for me is I often find out about the conference I want to go to too late. Because I see right. people talking about it on Twitter. Mm, and Like when they're there? Yeah, and I'm like... <laughs> that looks like an awesome conference. And so I kind of bookmark it in my mind for next year. Smart. So that's usually how I find out about good conferences is yeah, word of mouth, basically, but hearing firsthand from people who are there, how their experiences and what's going on, and then seeing like sort of deciding, oh, that looks really interesting for me. I'll save that for hopefully next time I might get to go. So yeah. I kind of always end up going the year after I hear or see about a particular conference. That's still good though. I think that something that can be tough and that I've had to do before is almost pitch it to your boss to go to a conference. I can book, we can we can choose whichever one we want, but I think if I wanted to pitch to go to a second conference that work pays for that year, I definitely have to have a good reason, you know. And and it can be difficult because sometimes the like ROI on attending a conference isn't direct in that, oh yeah, I'm gonna learn how to be twenty percent faster in what I do it's not that sort of thing. Like it is more about just enriching yourself and expanding your mind, being open to new possibilities and new ways of working and getting out of your own little bubble that you go into day in, day out. You know, you're working at your desk with your people. It, it breaks up some of that sameness. And I think that conferences can sometimes really help you get more excited about your job. And to me, that is value enough. If you can go along with something makes you more excited to be doing what you do every day, then I think that's worth it. Yeah. Often what I try to do if I go to a conference is afterwards do a little sort of write up of my key takeaways or sort of my feelings and thoughts about the conference. And I often try and share that with my team. Love that. So that's kind of a nice way of like giving back to my team and sharing the learnings with them as opposed to kind of just keeping it all myself. So it's something that we sort of try to do as a team, every time one of us goes to a conference is to make sure we kind of give back the learnings to our colleagues, which I think is nice. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. What about making the most of a conference? Because I've definitely been at conferences where I'm the stand in the corner, not talk to anybody person. And then I've also been to the conference where, yeah, I'm the speaker. So I'm talking to people all day because people are coming up to you. And I know that not everyone has the you know pleasure of being a speaker, but you know, let's say you're going as an attendee and you're wanting to get the most out of a conference. What do you recommend? First, I would recommend having your intention in mind for the conference. Like, is it to meet people or is it to like try and recruit someone to be on your team? Like that, that's a reason people go to conferences sometimes. Or have you got this specific thing you're struggling with that you're hoping the conference is going to help you out with? I think having that in mind will help you get the most out of it because you'll be on the lookout for opportunities to learn on that topic or to like, you know, meet that objective if you want to say it in a super 
like businessy way. But yeah, I do think it is about what you personally put into it. You can't expect the conference, any conference really, to do all the work. To make the most of it, I I do like to take notes when I think of something interesting during a talk. I don't sit there with my laptop out and like tap, tap, tap the whole time writing down everything. But it's more like as I'm listening, if something the speaker says makes me think, oh, that's interesting. I write that down just like in a note on my phone. So from every conference I go to, I have this note with like a random collection <laughs> of thoughts, like not even attributed to a speaker even sometimes, just because that doesn't matter to me really. It's more about what it made me think of. And so I think doing that is good because you're going to be hearing a lot of talks, a lot of workshops or whatever during the day. And so writing down things as you think of them ensures that you're not going to forget. And I think that's a, a better use of your time. What about you? How do you, how do you make the most of confidence? Yeah, I think for me, I try to look at the schedule in advance and choose what, you know, if there's sometimes they have multiple tracks, right? We have to choose which one to go to. So don't just leave it up to like a minute before and just decide. Uh, I try to look in advance and kind of prepare my day or plan my day and figure out what's going to be most interesting or valuable to me. So I would recommend doing that. I'd also recommend going with a friend. I don't know. I, I've, I've been by myself a couple of times and never had as much fun. I think going with a friend helps kind of break the ice and break the barrier for you a little bit. And then you can kind of buddy up together and be like, oh, let's go and talk to this person. or Because that's, that's the other thing I want to recommend making the most out of, it, out of it is talking to new people and it can be really hard on your own to like interject yourself into a stranger's conversation uh, but if you're with someone else it kind of breaks that ice a little bit and then you also have someone to share and reflect and bounce things off throughout the day which I often like to do is kind of offload my thoughts sometimes throughout the day or have a discussion about what we just learned that's also really helpful for me. Yeah that just makes me think of something else actually that I do to make the most of a conference is before I go I tweet about it a lot that I'm going especially if I'm going by myself because I want to meet other people there but I don't really want to meet just strangers you know because I'm an introvert so I like any time I spend having a conversation to be a worthwhile one. You want to meet internet strangers. <laughs> yes internet strangers and so I feel like if they follow me on Twitter we perhaps already have a connection so it's going to be like easier to talk or whatever. So yeah, that's what I always like to do. And um, yeah, I had Adobe Max was especially fun because I did go by myself, but there was like a few friends that I also knew who were going like separately. Yeah, we met up randomly. And then also there was a bunch of people there who recognized me from my videos, which was that's so cool. like, what? Yeah, that was super fun. So I feel like I had lots of people to talk to and like lots of great conversations because people would come up to me. So that's yeah, really been my like, reason behind my whole YouTube channel is just so that people <laughs> talk to me at conferences rather than me having to talk to you them. don't have to approach people <laughs> yeah I don't have to do the awkward approach they can approach me nice <laughs> what a luxury to be in that position yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know any any last thoughts on on conferences is it worth it how about answering that question look I've definitely been to conferences where I've gone away from it thinking maybe that wasn't worth it I mean, conferences are an investment, right? Whether you're paying for it or your work is paying for it, you still want to get some kind of value out of it. And especially if you're traveling for, for this conference, you know, it can be a bummer walking away from it and thinking, oh, maybe that wasn't the greatest conference. So, I mean, do your research, I think I would say. And, and also, I really liked your tip about telling people that you're going to a conference because you never know 
who might see that and who might connect with you. And that could really turn a conference around. I think if, if you meet someone super interesting, uh, that could be pay off the whole, you know, reason for going is making this one connection. You never really know. So I think that's kind of my takeaway for this episode. Uh, and also, you know, have your interests open. Like, yes, for me, I, I love going to design conferences, but I also find it super interesting to hear from the product side or, or the dev side sometimes, because that is like surrounding knowledge that I can add to my knowledge base. So, you know, don't always skip the engineering talks. Maybe now and then it might be interesting to go to one. <laughs> yeah, even if your eyes start to glaze over at points. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's really good advice. I think that conferences can always be worth it if you put the effort in. Sometimes if the content of the conference is particularly lacking, you're going to have to work a whole lot harder to get the value out of it. But I do think there's always opportunity, especially if you've traveled to be in a place. Like maybe the value didn't come from the content itself, but maybe it was just being in a new city or like, you know, the people that you met there. And, and that's okay. I think investing in yourself is worth it. If you found a conference people are saying good things about, and, you know, you feel like you can relate to the things that they say they got out of it, go along. It, it seems scary to spend money on that sort of thing sometimes, especially when you're new in your career. But often that's the time when it's really important because you're soaking up. You're like a sponge soaking up so much knowledge. You haven't gotten stuck in your ways yet, you know. So it's a great time to be opening your mind to new things and new experiences. Good chat. Conferences. Yeah. Now I kind of want to go to another conference. Yeah, it's sort of <laughs> conference season now-ish, right? I mean, I feel like between September and December is pretty conference time. So I don't know, maybe early next year we'll uh, find a new conference to go to. Yeah. You know one just to throw in there that um, for our New Zealand peeps that I loved going to New Zealand was Webstock. Oh, yeah. That happens in February, I think. Great conference. Yeah. I'm kind of d- disappointed that my trip to New Zealand won't, I won't be there in February. I am in there in February. Hmm. I think you should go, Fem. I I'm not sure if it's on next year, oh. but I will look at it. Look into it. We got completely distracted from ending this. Episode. Sorry. Okay, ending the episode. <laughs> Where can you go to listen to more episodes of Design Life? You can go to designlife.fm. Find all our episodes on there. Also, just open up your like podcasting app on your phone and, and type our name in. Yes, you'll find us there, Purple Artwork. You can also follow us on Twitter and ask us questions like Anirudh did. Thank you, Anirudh. This uh, sparked a new episode topic. Uh, you can follow us at Design Life FM. Ask us your question there. And what's the other thing we say? Oh, our community. How can I forget about that? Our lovely community. Yeah, it's staring me right in the face on my computer screen right now. Uh, it's a monthly membership. There's a bunch of great people in there. We're always having great conversations. Um, I've been soliciting some user tests from there recently as well, which has been nice. super fun. So I've talked to a couple of community members um, and shown them some new designs that I'm doing at ConvertKit. So yeah, that's a bonus if you want to help me out. <laughs> <laughs> Designlife.fm slash community. It's $9 a month and we'd love to have you in there supporting the show and like having good conversations. Absolutely. All right. All right. Talk to you next week. Bye. Then.